The following broadcast is brought to you by the Congregation of People's Baptist Church of Folkestone, Georgia. You can find this broadcast on our website, www.pbcfolkestone.com. Good morning. My name's Nathan Iyer. I'm the pastor of People's Baptist Church in Folkestone, Georgia, and I want to bring you a message this morning on the subject of the fear of God, the fear of God. Now, I understand that this is probably a taboo subject among a lot of pastors and a lot of preachers, and that probably has a lot to do because most preachers are not in the ministry because they're actually trying to propagate the truth, but they're actually trying to just make a living and trying to live a very comfortable life. And I'm for living a comfortable life myself, but my particular calling is along the lines of ensuring that people understand the Scripture. And sometimes that makes the messenger, it makes the preacher, be in an uncomfortable situation. It makes him say things that make people a little bit uncomfortable. And certainly the subject of the fear of the Lord is one of those subjects. The fear of God is not something that you hear preached about much in the modern-day church along the lines of things like hell and repentance and hellfire and damnation. Those things used to be preached on quite a bit in the old days. I remember as a young boy, my grandfather pastored a Baptist church in Camden County, Georgia, and I remember hearing uh, at his camp meetings, preachers would get up during camp meetings, they called them. They were week-long meetings with services in the morning and services at night, usually two preachers in each service. And we would at least hear during the course of a week in those camp meetings at least one sermon on hell or one sermon on the rapture or one sermon on the second advent of Jesus Christ. And you'd have to push a long way to hear a sermon on any one of those subjects. Most of the time when you hear somebody talk about the second coming or the rapture, It's usually more along the lines of some kind of conference. You don't really hear many men preaching about those things, but those things are still true, and they still need to be preached about. They still need to be talked about, and the fear of God certainly falls in those categories. It falls in the category of let's push it off to the back burner, and let's try not to run any of our members off, and the interesting thing about it is that the Bible has quite a bit to say about the fear of God, and The reason that the fear of God is not something that's discussed much, I believe, in churches today is because most Christians and even most pastors, unfortunately, get their education concerning the Lord and concerning spiritual things from the biggest hellhole on the planet located right there in California called Hollywood. You can't hardly get most Christians to pick up a Bible and read what the Scripture said, read what God said to them, and yet you take Mel Gibson and let him make a movie called The Passion of Christ in 2004, I believe it was, and Christians, professing Christians, will flock to a movie like that left and right, and yet you can't get most professing Christians to go into the doors of a church and sit down and receive some kind of education from a preacher who's preaching straight and heavy, but they'll let some producer who may or may not have ever stepped foot in the door of a church. I I don't know specifically about Mel Gibson, but I know that many folks will take their political views, they'll take their religious views, they'll take their spiritual views from people that are making movies. They're making a living by pretending and yet get indignant when a preacher insists that he knows what he's talking about. 
That doesn't make very good sense to me. See, the modern concept that comes out of Hollywood about God, if, if there is a concept that comes out of Hollywood concerning the Lord, is the fact that God is love, which is a bi- biblical statement. It is a very true statement that is scriptural. But that is an idea that is put forth about the Lord that is put forth so hard and so heavy that it pushes other truths into the background. The thing that you have to remember about God is that not only God is love, but God is a balanced being. In other words, God is not only love, but he's holy and God is righteous. Let me ask you, let me get you to consider something for just a second. Have you ever considered the fact that the Lord is a man of war? You say, there's no way that God's a man of war. The Bible says he is. Exodus chapter 15, verse 3. Did you know that God gets angry? Several times throughout the scripture, God has gotten angry enough to where he wanted to kill people. The Bible says in the book of Psalm, chapter 7, verse 13, that the Lord is angry with the wicked every day. Did you know that God is the one, according to the scriptures? Now, I don't know about your, what your favorite preacher says, and I, I don't, I, to be honest with you, I don't really care about what your favorite politician says, but the Bible says, that's all we're interested in on this broadcast, the Bible says that God is responsible for natural disasters. You say, where do you see that? Nahum chapter 1, verse 3. Look it up. Read something for a change. Quit taking people at their word. Quit turning on the television and just believing everything you hear. Why don't you do a little bit of research and look it up for yourself? You can find those things in the scripture. So see, the American concept of God has been so twisted and mixed up because people don't read anymore. They get they just watch television. And I'm not really too interested in accepting getting my education from a Hollywood producer. I'd rather get my education from the scripture. I'd rather get my education, to be quite frank, from a preacher. Thank God for preachers. Most people take the attitude that the God that they're dealing with is not a God to be feared because he's just a big kiss in the sky. He's not a God to be feared. He's God is love, and that's all that he is. And so when you take that and mix that with the modern American concept of what love is, which is basically two people sitting in the back seat of a Chevy fornicating, then you have a very gross situation. Those aren't lovers, by the way. Those are perverts. Now, let me appeal to some of you older folks. Let me appeal to some of the older generation. Just about the older generation has died off, and we're, all that we're left with is this younger generation who has no concept of work. They have no concept of a work ethic. But let me appeal to some of the older folks this morning and say, do you remember the days that when love meant a man was going to find a woman and commit himself to her and be faithful to her until death do us part? I remember growing up in my mom and dad's house, and I remember that divorce was really a dirty word. I'm not that very, I'm not that old, but I remember that divorce was really something that I was taught from a young age. That's not something to be considered. Well, now divorce is something that it, that young folks run to when the slightest bit of trouble comes up. Listen, what you fell into was not love. That's something called lust. That's what dogs do. Now listen, you want to get upset with me and you want to get mad with me this morning. I'm genuinely trying to help you get your mind wrapped around the God that we're dealing with. But see, you're not going to deal with God truthfully. You're not going to deal with God honestly so long as you look at God through the lenses of what Hollywood has taught you. Love is not fornication. Love is not lust. Love has more to do with responsibility and commitment. You know what love is? 
Love will make a woman peel herself out of bed every morning at four or five o'clock and go to work even when she doesn't want to and she's dead dog tired because she's got four or five mouths to feed at home. That's love. You know what love is? It's sacrifice. It's sacrifice. That's something that's not very well known to this generation. You know what Hollywood's teaching? Love is all about me. It's all about me. Hollywood teaches that if it feels good, do it. And by the way, when you do it, make sure you do it right now because you might not get the chance to do it tomorrow. That's not what love teaches. So the God that you're dealing with is a God of love, but the word love has been twisted in a very, very strange way these days. I was working at a particular place of employment one time, and I had, not too long ago actually, and I I had a bumper sticker on my car, which it quotes one of the verses that I'll be dealing with today. And that verse says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And I had a man come up to me when he read that bumper sticker, he came up to me and he said, would you rather your kids fear you or would you rather your kids love you? Now you see what kind of question that is. That is a question coming from the mind of a man who cannot reconcile love and fear together. Now I know in this modern day and age of Dr. Spock and Dr. Phil, that you're going to have a hard time reconciling those two qualities together. But when I came up in my home, that was not a quality. Those were not two attributes that I had trouble reconciling with each other. I love my father. Uh, My dad is what I consider to be one of my greatest friends. He's one of the greatest assets I've ever had in my life. I love my dad, but I fear him. I'm afraid of what he thinks. I I regard what he thinks about me, what he thinks about my life. You say you're being controlled by your dad. To some degree, I I am, sure. You say why? I love him. I don't want to hurt him. Listen, young folks, listen to me for just a second. Do you realize that my last name, I didn't just dream that up? I got that from somebody. You say, who did you get it from? Well, obviously my dad. I bear my dad's name. You know the things that I do that discredit my last name, Irie? Those actions don't just discredit Nathan Irie, they discredit the Irie name. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. You say, what, what, what controls a man in regards to those things? Love, but fear. And so when we talk about the fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord is not uh, a The fear of the Lord is not an attribute in a man's heart that works at odds with loving God. It works side by side. The fear of God is often the engine in the train of the love of God. So those two things are not opposite. Those two things do not work against each other. Now the Bible says in Romans chapter 3, when describing the wretched condition that man is in regarding his natural state in that What I mean by that is that he's lost and he's without hope and without God. The Bible says in Romans chapter 3, speaking of this kind of man, never trusted Christ as a Savior. I'm not talking about being a member of a church. I'm not talking about being baptized. I'm not talking about tithing. I'm talking about a man that's never trusted Christ as a Savior. The Bible says whose mouth is full of bitterness and cursing. The Bible says their feet are swift to shed blood. The Bible says destruction and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace have they not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. I remember as a young man growing up in this town where I now pastor, I remember seeing a big four-wheel drive truck drive around town. I remember the first time I saw it, I believe the truck was blue, and it had a big sticker on the back of the windshield that said, No Fear. You know what that is? That is exactly the characteristic that God gives 
when he describes a man who's miserable. Right there in the text, it says there's no fear of God before their eyes. And two verses before that, it says destruction and misery are in their ways. You say, I'm not afraid of anything and I'm happy. Not according to the scripture, not according to God. Let me ask you something. What's it take for you to get upset about things? Does it take some preacher to stand up behind the pulpit and tell you that you're a sinner and you're lost and you're on your way to hell and Jesus Christ died for you since you get upset about that stuff, do you? You know what the Bible says? The Bible says, great peace have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend them. Well, what are you getting offended for? I guess you don't have as much peace as you think you do, huh? The Bible says in the book of Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, I just quoted to you a minute ago, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now, the book of Proverbs in the scripture is written for men to know wisdom and instruction. It's right there in the introduction of the book of Proverbs chapter 1. And it says it's for men to know wisdom and instruction to perceive the words of understanding. And you know, when... Solomon, who was the wisest man that ever lived according to the scriptures, and I believe that. Solomon wrote Proverbs, he wrote Ecclesiastes, and he wrote the Song of Solomon. And when he wrote that book, he introduced the book as a book that was intended to help men to have wisdom and instruction and to perceive the words of understanding. When he gets done writing that introduction there, the very first thing that he deals with, the very first issue that he deals with is whether or not a man fears the Lord. That's the first thing that he deals with. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. It's almost as if Solomon stops right dead in his tracks after he tells you why he's getting ready to write the book of Proverbs. He stops dead in his tracks and he says, before we go any further, there's something that you've got to understand. You can read all through the book of Proverbs, but if you don't fear God, you're not going to get it. You know what that means? You know what the Lord's trying to tell some of you folks? You can know all there is to know about quantum physics, and you can know the interior workings of a diesel engine, and you can know how to build a semiconductor chip, but if you don't fear God, you don't know anything. That's not what I said. That's what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. The Bible says if you don't fear the Lord, you're not even running the race yet, you haven't even gotten out of the gate. You know what the fear of the Lord is? The fear of the Lord is an elementary rule of life. It's not. The fear of the Lord is not the beginning of religion. The fear of the Lord is not the beginning of Christianity. The book of Proverbs presents the fear of the Lord as an elementary rule of life. You look through the book of Proverbs. I challenge you to read the book of Proverbs, whether you're saved or lost never trusted Christ as your Savior, you need to get saved first. But I'll tell you, it would do you a lot of good to read the book of Proverbs. You know what the book of Proverbs is about? It's not teaching a man how to be a Christian. It's not about teaching a man how to be religious. Proverbs is about teaching a man how to live, how to function in society, how to avoid bad consequences. And you know what Solomon tells you in the very first chapter in the seventh verse? He said, if you don't fear God, you don't even have an idea how to live this life. Now, I find it real interesting that in the 90s, people were going around with a bumper sti sticker on the back of their truck, and they were going around with these sayings on their shirt that said, no fear. Now, it may have been around before the 90s, but again, that's when I noticed it. And yet, here we are 30 years later, 
And it seems like everywhere you turn, on every corner where you meet someone, folks have been diagnosed across this country with some kind of mental illness. I'm sure that's just coincidence. I'm sure there's nothing to that. Folks don't fear God, and I suppose the Lord's just going to let that go, huh? You say, you're underestimating my intelligence. I know a lot more than you think I do. The Bible says, if any think that he knoweth anything, if any man thinks that he knows anything, he knoweth nothing, yet as he ought to know. You know what that, what the next verse in that passage, that very same passage says? It says, but if any man love God, the same is known of him. Let me ask you something. The idea that God loves us, that's a, that's a true statement that God loves man. God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. You say, God loves me. Okay, let me ask you something. Do you ever return the favor? You know, a man puts money towards what he loves. He spends time with the things that he loves. You say, God loves you. Okay, but do you love him? See, what the love of God is to most folks is a mind-numbing pill that we take on Sunday morning when we go to church so that we can live any other way that we want to live throughout the week without fear of retribution, without fear of consequences. Well, you've got the wrong concept about the love of God because along with the love of God, there is that same God who demands to be feared. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 19, verse 23, it says, The fear of the Lord is tendeth to life, and he that hath it shall abide satisfied. Let me ask you something. You satisfied this morning? You're not satisfied if you don't fear God. The Bible says in Psalm chapter 25, verse 14, The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. You say, well, what's the secret of the Lord? You mean you don't know? Well, why not? The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. I couldn't tell you. It's a secret. Why don't you know? Could it be that you don't fear him? Now, listen, I will tell you this. I've heard a lot of preachers try to expound that verse and explain exactly what the secret of the Lord is. But the secret of the Lord is not some particular specific fact. The secret of the Lord is just simply a place of understanding. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 28, verse 5, it says, Evil men understand not judgment, but they that seek the Lord understand all things. Well, I quoted you a passage from Romans chapter 3 just a couple of moments ago, and a couple of verses before that passage that I quoted, the Bible says, There is none that understandeth, there is none that seeketh after God. And seven verses later, that same passage said, there is no fear of God before their eyes. Now listen, please listen to me this morning. There's some of you folks out there right now listening to me, and you've got questions that you have no answers to, don't you? You've got doubts, you've got worries, you've got concerns, and you can't seem to get any peace in your heart. You know where a large part of all that trouble comes from? You don't fear God. Now, boy, that's not quite the message you'd hear from TBN. But that's the truth. That's the truth of the matter. You say, well, I just have a hard time believing in a God who insists on being feared. Well, let me ask you, listen, let me ask you as respectfully as I can. Who do you think you are? God didn't ask you about what you thought about fearing him. Never entered into the Lord's mind. The second book in the Bible that Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived according to the scriptures, the second book that he that's listed in the scriptures, Ecclesiastes, it goes through that entire book and it basically describes the vanity of living life without any kind of consideration for God and 
Solomon goes through there and describes how things go in cycles and things just go over and over again. And he uses nature as an example. And he goes through several different things. And he talks about the vanity of being wise even. And he gets down to the end of the book and he says in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13, you know what Solomon says? He says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God, fear God. You know what the wisest man has to say? about life. You really want to live. You know how you're going to live life and really enjoy it. You're going to live it by fearing God. You know, most folks don't fear God at all. They're afraid of something else. I don't know what it is that you might be afraid of, but I know this. The Bible says that the fear of man bringeth a snare. You know, some of you folks are more concerned about what people think of you. You're more concerned about what your spouse thinks and worried about what your boss thinks. And you're worried about what all your buddies think. And you're worried about what your grandma and grandpa think. And yet you couldn't give a rip. You couldn't give two cents worth of care about what the God of all eternity thinks. You say, I care what God thinks. When's the last time you ever opened his book to figure out what he thinks? In Luke chapter 12, Jesus Christ starts speaking to his disciples and he says, Beware ye of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. For there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, neither hid that shall not be known. Therefore, whoso, whatsoever ye have spoken in darkness shall be heard in the light, and that which ye have spoken in the ear in closets shall be proclaimed upon the housetops. And I say unto you, my friends, be not afraid of them that kill the body. And after that have no more that they can do. But I will forewarn you whom ye shall fear. Fear him which after he hath killed hath power to cast into hell. Yea, I say unto you, fear him. See, the thing that drives a lot of folks when they get out of bed in the morning is not, well, I wonder what God's will is for me today. I wonder what the Lord would have me to do. You know what thing drives a lot of folks? Well, I wonder what so-and-so is going to think if I don't show up in such and such a place. I wonder what so-and-so is going to think if I go to church this morning. I don't want people to think I'm a fanatic. Some of you folks won't bow your head and pray over your meals in public. You know why? You're afraid of ridicule. You don't fear God. You fear men. Some of you folks vote a particular way as far as your political standing goes. You vote a particular way, and you don't know what one candidate believes from the other. All you know is that That's what everybody else does that's my friends, and I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to upset the apple cart, so I'm just going to do this. You don't fear God. You don't take God into consideration about anything in your life. Afraid of a lot of things. You know what got Pilate into a mess? Pilate is the Roman governor that put Jesus Christ to death at the hands of the Jews. You know what got Pilate in a big mess? What got Pilate in a big mess is that he was afraid of people. He was afraid of the Jews. He wanted to let Jesus Christ go, and the Jews wanted Jesus Christ dead. And they said, if you let this man go, you're not a friend to Caesar. And boy, the sweat started coming out of Pilate's forehead like bullets, boy. All it takes is a little bit of pressure from folks on you, isn't it? Well, I wonder why God can't put any pressure on you and get you to go his way. I guess it's because you really don't fear him, do you? Now, let me tell you this this morning in closing as we get ready to close let me tell you this the bible says in the book of isaiah chapter 66 isaiah chapter 66 the second verse in the chapter god said for all those things hath mine hand made and all those things have been saith the lord but to this man will i look 
even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit and trembleth at my word. God said to this man, will I look to a man that's of a poor and contrite spirit and trembles at my word. You know who that is? That's a man that's afraid of God. That's a man that fears the Lord. He fears what God says. Let me ask you, is that you this morning? Are you afraid of what the Lord has said? When's the last time you picked up his book and read it? Let me ask you something. You really want to get God's attention this morning? I'll tell you how you do it. Humble yourself. You're going to have to humble yourself. The Bible said, God resisteth the proud, but he giveth grace unto the humble. And there's no doubt in my mind this morning, I'm speaking to somebody who is lost and on their way to hell. You've never trusted Christ as your Savior. You're trusting in good works. You're trusting in your baptism. You're trusting in the fact that you're a member of such and such a church and you've given so much money to such and such a charity or to such and such a cause. You're not trusting in Jesus Christ. You're trusting in your own merit. And you know why you're doing that? It's because you're proud. And what you don't realize is that the whole time you're trusting in something other than Jesus Christ and what he did for you at Calvary, you're being resisted. You're being resisted because that's not what God did to pay for your sins. You say, what did God do to pay for my sins? The Bible says in John chapter 3, verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You know what some of you folks are doing? You're trying to turn over a new leaf, and you're trying to bring on better practices and new practices, and yet for some reason it doesn't produce any joy. Some of you take partake in sacraments, and you go to catechism classes, and yet there's still something yet lacking. And you know what the problem is? You haven't feared God enough to the degree to where you've humbled yourself before God and came to him as a lowly, poor sinner and said, God, I'm a sinner. I need to be saved. There's no way that I can cl clean myself up. Job said, how can man that's born of woman be clean? The Bible says in the book of Proverbs chapter 30, there's a generation that are pure in their own eyes and yet is not washed from their filthiness. Well, is that you? You filthy this morning? I can tell you how to get clean. It's by the blood of Jesus Christ. It's by what Jesus Christ did for you at Calvary. You say, I fear God. I know that I'm a sinner. Well, listen, would you call on God to save you on the basis of what Jesus Christ did for you at Calvary? That's the only way you can be saved. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 3, For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. You know how you're going to get clean this morning? You're going to get clean by what Jesus Christ did for you at Calvary and what he did for you alone. And if you're not going to go that way, if that's not the way that you want to get clean, you won't get clean. You say, well, you know, preacher, I think I'll just take my chances. Uh-huh. Don't fear God, huh? You know, the Bible says, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. You know what people want God to do? They want the Lord to exalt them without ever having to humble themselves. But you've got to humble yourself first. You've got to come to the Lord Jesus Christ as a sinner. One of the wildest verses in the scripture is found in Isaiah chapter 53 where the Bible says that he was numbered 
with the transgressor. You know, Jesus Christ never sinned. You say, you, you sincerely believe that? Absolutely 100% because the Bible says, the Bible says, who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. But the Bible says that he was numbered with the transgressors. Well, if you're going to come to Christ, you know what's going to have to happen to you? You're going to have to be numbered with the transgressors. You're going to have to be willing to look at you the way that God looks at you. Just a poor, lowly sinner. And you know the moment that you'll humble yourself, this God that you're supposed to fear will look your way. And if you'll call on him, if you'll put your faith in what Jesus Christ did for you at Calvary and simply trust what he did for you to be the payment for your sins, that same God that you're supposed to fear, he'll save you. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Paul said in the book of Galatians, he said, For by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified. How about you this morning? Do you fear God enough to humble your heart and say, Lord, I'm a sinner, I need to be saved? Would you bow your head wherever you're at this morning and say, Lord, please save me? When my dad got saved, he prayed those, he prayed three simple words. He said, Lord, save me. Now that's not much, but it certainly got the job done. You say, why? Because Christ did it all already. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Will you call on him this morning? Call on him. Have a great day. May the Lord bless you. This broadcast was brought to you by People's Baptist Church of Folkestone, Georgia. This broadcast and information for the church may be found on our website, www.pbcfolkestone.com.